1: What Jesus was telling us is that true worship needs to avoid two extremes. One extreme is being based only in the truth and having no spirit, just going through the motions. And the other extreme is having spirit but no truth, not doing things the way they ought to be done according to God's word.
0: What Pastor Leighton Sheely of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno is referring to is the conversation in John chapter 4 that Jesus had with the woman of Samaria. We ended at the point where Jesus was just about to talk with her about repentance and confession, and we'll pick up there. This is Study Verse by Verse, an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno with Pastor Leighton Sheely, and we can be found on the web at studyversebyverse.com. You know, there's there's two
1: revelations that take place when we come to Jesus Christ. There's a revelation of God because Christ reveals God. God is revealed in Christ. And there's also a revelation of ourselves. We all of a sudden realize how sinful we are. There's a sense of sin and there's also a, a, an awakening to our, our need for God's salvation. Those who truly thirst for the righteousness that God provides in salvation are willing and desirous to forsake their sinful and wicked ways. And the Bible teaches us this, that whenever there is salvation, it is always accompanied by repentance. There is no salvation without repentance from sin. Salvation always involves turning away from sin. And so what Jesus was doing here was inviting the woman to confess her sins, to be forgiven and cleansed and purified. But the woman wasn't quite ready for that. So she was a bit evasive in her answer. She said, I have no husband. Now, although she was not technically lying, <laughs> she wasn't exactly telling the whole truth either. And what did Jesus do? He brought her face to face with her sin. You've correctly said, I have no husband. For you've had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. This you've said truly. So he was commending her for being truthful, at least as far as it went, but he was also unmasking her sin as well. And you'll notice here that by refusing to call the man that she was living with her husband, Jesus was dispelling of this notion that living together is the same thing as being married. The Bible views marriage as a formal public covenant between a man and a woman. Now, shaken by this revelation, the woman responded, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. What she was really doing was identifying and affirming and acknowledging that what he said was true. She was confessing her sin. And then her attention, her question is very interesting. She says, Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship, Jesus said to her woman, Believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. Now the question might seem strange to us that the, the woman was asking, but, but really this is what was on her mind. She realized that she was a sinner and that that, that she needed to, to make an offering, a sacrifice to God. And she needed to go to the house of God, but that's where the confusion was because the Jewish people... And Jesus was a Jew. They they taught that the, the temple of God was in Jerusalem. But she'd been raised to understand that the temple was on Mount Gerizim. And so she was saying, I need to get right with God. Where can I find God? That's what she was asking. And Jesus' reply was unexpected. Because he said, There's a time coming, and now is, when it doesn't matter where. It doesn't matter if it's here on Mount Gerizim or in Jerusalem. In fact, in just a few years after that, the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed. There was a time coming when men would find God everywhere. Zephaniah the prophet had a vision that men shall worship God each in his place, wherever that is, wherever they are, They're going to worship God, Zephaniah 2.11. Malachi had a dream that in every place incense would be offered as a pure offering to the name of God, Malachi 1.11. So Jesus was telling this woman that she didn't need to go someplace special to find God because God is spirit, not limited to a specific place. Verse 22, You worship what you do not know When he comes, he will tell me all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. And Jesus said, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. Uh, One of the challenges that the Samaritans had was a limited knowledge of God and God's plan of salvation, because they didn't accept the entire Old Testament, what we would call the Old Testament, the Scriptures of the Jews. They only accepted the first five books, what we call the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. They, they rejected all the wisdom literature. They rejected the Psalms. They rejected the prophets. And so they were limited in their knowledge of God and God's provision of salvation. And he said, salvation is from the Jews. He meant that in a, in a twofold sense. First off, The revelation of salvation, which is through God's word, came through the Jews. God gave the Jewish people His word, His plan of salvation, so that we would all know that God so loved the world and was providing salvation to the world. And then secondly, the source of salvation, the Savior Himself, was also Jewish. Jews were the descendants of Abraham through a specific lineage, And Jesus was a descendant of Abraham through that lineage. And Jesus, notice that Jesus said that salvation is from the Jews. He didn't say for the Jews, as in for the Jews exclusively. He was saying salvation is from the Jews. It was God's intention to bless the entire world through Abraham. Now, Jesus said... An hour's coming, and now is, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. You'll notice the word spirit is not capitalized. It's therefore not a reference to the Holy Spirit. It's talking about the spirit that is in mankind. The spirit that is in mankind describes our heart, our vision, our passion. And, and what he's saying is that worship must not just be external. It must not be just ceremonial. It must not be just ritual. But it must be from the heart. It must come from within. And it needs to be in spirit and in truth. And truth it means that it needs to be consistent with the Scriptures because the Scripture is the truth that's given to us from from God. And so what Jesus was telling us is that true worship needs to avoid two extremes. One extreme is being based only in the truth and having no spirit, just going through the motions. And the other extreme is having spirit but no truth, not doing things the way they ought to be done according to God's Word. That our worship should be characterized as being worship in spirit and truth. This passage also contains an incredibly great declaration. The woman here was talking with Jesus. All of a sudden, she's blown away by the conversation. There's things beyond her understanding and, and, and full of wonder and wonder. And so what she says is, when the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one of God comes, then he will teach us. And Jesus said to her, I who am speaking to you, am he. I am the Messiah. This is the first time in the scripture that Jesus makes it so incredibly clear. And he needed to, because this woman needed things made very clear to her. You know, there have been, some people have been told that Jesus never made a claim to being the, the Messiah. That's not true. Jesus did claim to be the Messiah. Now, why did he decide, Jesus decide that he would declare his Messiahship to this woman in Samaria? Why didn't he do it to the religious leaders in Jerusalem? Well, maybe it was to underscore the truth That God is not one to show partiality. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Notice the contrasts between this Samaritan woman and Nicodemus. Uh, Nicodemus, he was Jewish, chosen people. This woman was a Samaritan. Nicodemus was religious, a leader in the Sanhedrin. This woman was immoral. Nicodemus was an educated theologian. This woman was an uneducated peasant. Nicodemus recognized that Jesus was a teacher sent by God, recognized Jesus as an equal. This woman didn't recognize Jesus at all. Had no clue who he was. Nicodemus was wealthy. This woman was probably very, very poor. Nicodemus was a a member of the social elite. Everybody wanted him to be their friend. Everybody wanted to be associated with Nicodemus. This woman was an outcast. Nobody wanted to be associated with her. Not even the man that she was living with. He didn't want to be associated with her. He wouldn't even give her his name by marrying her. For God so loved the world. That's everyone. God's love transcends all barriers of race and gender, ethnicity, religious traditions. For God so loved the world. Now, this conversation underscores three important things about salvation. First, salvation comes to those who recognize their desperate need for God and His righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. And secondly, salvation comes to those who confess and repent of their sin as this woman. And third, salvation comes to those who embrace Jesus Christ as their Messiah their Savior, their sin-bearer. And so the Lord Terry, we're going to look at her testimony as it continues in the rest of the chapter.
0: That will be a new message and a new three-part series as we begin on Monday. Monday with another edition of Study Verse by Verse. This is an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. If you'd like more information about the church, check them out on the web at churchofthehighlands.org. If you're looking for a church home, you'll find all the details right there on the web, churchofthehighlands.org. Have a great weekend and join us again on Monday, if you can, as we once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse.